What makes you strange on purpose? I think I'm a perfectionist. I don't know anything. I don't know, I'm just me. I'm a little weirdo. I'm just me. My unwillingness to stay stagnant. I can only be like authentically myself. The best way I can answer this question is with describing a picture. It's this guy riding a motorcycle while he's reading a book called How to Ride a Motorcycle. Welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. I'm Izzy. Let's get rolling. Honesty hour. I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast, and I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Yo, I'm Izzy and my guest today is someone that is inspiring to say the least and someone that is mad dope and just dope person so without further ado nicole thanks for joining me today (laughs) thanks for having me i'm mad excited to have you on to talk about your story to talk about all the things that you've had to obviously overcome but before we get into anything that's like super deep or anything like that do you want to give somebody an intro the person that doesn't know who you are right now intro (laughs) as to who you are and what you do yeah of course um well my name is nicole nicosia polanco i am currently an assistant manager on the hype category team at adidas um, which falls under the originals category um yeah, that's me. That's who I am at the very moment. That is ever changing and ever evolving, just like the work I do. So <laughs> that is that is basically who I am right now. I live in Portland, but I'm from New York. So hopefully my accent comes through because <laughs> I think people forget that I'm actually from New York. I got a, a, a comment the other day that said, oh, you don't sound like you're from New York. And I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> It's really cool knowing that you stay true to your roots. So let's talk about your roots a little bit. I think the biggest thing for me to get started is give us a little bit of insight as the the role that you're like your day to day and then kind of go how you like landed the role and all the steps that you, you've taken to get to where you are today. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, my role is definitely not defined (laughs) Um, my role is very ambiguous Um, Mm -hmm. my day-to-day is never truly the same and that's because of the category i work in hype is ever evolving it is quick turnaround and everything always changes Um, i don't think since i've been on the team it's been about six months i don't think that every day has been the same and every photo of like a product or a collection I've seen has ever been the same from start (laughs) to finish. (laughs) As much as I wish it was, um, it is really cool to kind of see kind of how product kind of evolves into its final stage, which is awesome. When you say product, for the people that don't know, like obviously the definition changes, but what does that product, what's the definition of that product that you work on on a day-to-day basis? The product that I work on is probably like the coolest stuff that comes out of Adidas. So Ivy Park, 
Yeezy, Pharrell, Sean Witherspoon, just to name a few. So I sit on um, a team that basically makes sure that all of that product, so apparel, footwear, and accessories for those people, for those partners, um, are systematically correct. So making yeah. sure that <laughs> all the information behind it is correct when the consumer sees it. So when people are going to go shop it, all the information that is populated comes from our team. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's basically... I, I'm, I'm like the behind-the-scenes person on product. I don't create it. No. <laughs> I, I I definitely don't. In, in, I'm not the inspiration behind it, but I make sure that it becomes what it is to the market. Yeah. And for people who don't really understand what that means is um, all product is made seasons ahead. <laughs> um, so right now we're in spring, summer 22, but I'm working in fall winter 22 so all the product that comes at the back end of the year and shortly we'll start working in spring summer 23 so i'm almost a year ahead of the <laughs> timeline that we're in right now which is honestly nuts to me how has the like the supply chain issues like affected your job um it is the vein <laughs> of my existence right now <laughs> supply chain issues are huge a lot of the product that comes out of my category um basically is made in Vietnam. So mm -hmm. that caused for a lot of issues. Um, it, it sucks. We yeah. made it work <laughs> as best as we possibly could. And um, it's it's industry. Uh, it's, it's all over the industry. We're seeing it all over the place. Um, I know personally, it's, it's nuts uh, in the footwear industry. A lot of the product that comes out of the footwear industry comes from these uh, cities all over Vietnam. Interesting. That's super interesting. I love asking that question because everybody has a different issue, um, <laughs> but all say that it's their the bane of their existence as well. So that's interesting. Um, you said something earlier that was interesting to me. You said that you're you're not necessarily the story or the inspiration behind these products, um, but I do want to dive into your story because it could be. And I think a lot of the stories that are coming out of these products does really talk about similar stories that of yours than yours i know you're i know you're a daca recipient and everything like that so like let's talk about that and like how you eventually ended up in portland from long Island. <laughs> yeah so this is the sappy side of my story of course <laughs> um so i immigrated from the dominican republic when i was three years old with my entire family um i grew up in central Islip which is on Long Island um, and is a big part of my story. Um, everything that I am, who I am, um, is is definitely rooted in Central Islip. Um, I'm honestly just lucky to have grown up there. Um, it's a very diverse part of Long Island. And when people think of Long Island, they think of the Hamptons, um, people coming out from the city, the beach and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very... Caucasian populated yeah. but then there's this little bubble in the middle which is made up of a place called Brentwood, Central Islip, Bayshore where these mixes of cultures just planted themselves right and there's a whole big history behind that but I won't get into that but I ended up there sometime in the early 2000s and it's a big part of my story and I loved where I grew up um, but I grew up undocumented which is 
hard (laughs) for anyone um, in the United States. And um, I didn't become a DACA recipient until I was in my junior year of high school. And that was tough on me because while I was watching my friends get driver's licenses and start preparing for college, that was going right over my head because it was like, I'm never going to be able to do that. I was still I was still in that phase where people didn't really know what dreamers were and DACA hadn't even become a thing yet. So it was like when someone heard you were undocumented, it meant that you were probably not going to amount to much. (laughs) And that Mm. sucks to hear uh, growing up. So my guidance counselors didn't know how to guide me. Right. Um, They didn't know what to tell me when it came to like colleges and opportunities outside of kind of working off the books kind of deal. Right. Um, And when Obama announced DACA, which is the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals Act, um, it changed my life, honestly. Uh, Things I'd never imagined doing, like going to college, getting a job, um, driving a car (laughs) legally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, just, Just like just got handed to me and it it honestly like changed my life um that led me to end up going to FIT where most people think is crazy I only applied to two colleges getting out of high school which is nuts but I was so determined to go to FIT it was the only place I wanted to go to and get an education but I made it happen which was it was such a surreal moment because when people think of immigrants coming to America and trying to become more than what their parents wanted them to be. My dad wanted me to be a doctor or a teacher or a lawyer. (laughs) And when I told him, I was like, oh, I'm going to fashion school. (laughs) He was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And I think that that literally, I think that like stopped him in his tracks and he stopped expecting like these big things coming out of me because it was like, what are you going to amount to when you go to, um, to fashion school and I was like well I'm going for business I think there's really something here I don't know what I want to do mm-hmm. and if I think back to 17 year old Nicole I'm, I'm pretty sure she wanted to work in a magazine yeah <laughs> and that's not the route I went at all <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is hysterical um, but yeah being a DACA recipient changed my entire life it, it changed my outlook on what I was going to do with my life um, And I worked in retail for most of that time. I spent about eight years working in stores from the time I was 17. Literally, the day I got my DACA card and said that I was allowed to work, I went and got a job. I said, I want to make my own money. I want to buy my own clothes, pay my own phone bill kind of deal. (laughs) And I was working at American Eagle. I worked there for a few years, got another job, became a manager for a store, and then a few years later, I was at the breaking point of retail. I was like, I'm over it. I remember this specifically because I was working um, the end of holiday season at Forever 21. And for anyone who's ever worked at Forever 21, they hate it. Yeah, It is <laughs> insanity. There is there's no way that anyone goes to work at Forever 21 and says, yes, this is my, this is my dream job. Yep. <laughs> um, and I worked there and I said, I give up on retail. Like, I, I'm so over this. I'm so over this world. I was, I was honestly just so exhausted physically and mentally that I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I don't remember who exactly sent it to me, but someone sent me a posting for an Adidas store opening up at one of the malls on Long Island. And I said, 
All right, I'll do this one more time. I'll apply. I love footwear. I love Adidas. Let me do this. Let me try this. Who knows? I could yeah. probably not even get it. <laughs> so it was just like a let me throw my you know let me throw a dart in the wind and hopefully yeah. it catches right. <laughs> um, and I met Monet, who was my store manager for for both of my locations back on Long Island, and we hit it off like. It was awesome. She's from New York. She had been in retail her whole life. She actually went to FIT as well. And we hit it off. We said, this is going to be like, we're going to rock and roll. Like we killed it. Um, And we did great with our two stores. Um, And in 2018, I got the opportunity to come join a group of my peers in Portland and kind of like do this event um, called Unlimited where it was like bringing people from warehouses and stores from around the country to Adidas to try and get them into the corporate structure. Mm -hmm. And that changed the whole sphere of like my time with Adidas because I got really amped. I had just finished college. Um, I wanted to get into the corporate world, but when I thought of the corporate world, it meant that I was going to probably work somewhere in New York City and that was it, right? But Adidas brought me here to Portland for the first time. I fell in love with Portland. I fell in love with the atmosphere of being on the Adidas campus. And it was just, it was amazing. I said, I want to work here. Like, this is where I want to be. Luckily, I got through all the rounds of this unlimited program. And the HR team here started helping me find corporate jobs that kind of fit my mold. Mm which ended up me being a digital trainee in a pilot program um, that started in June of 2019. So December of 2018, I got a call, said, hey, I have this opportunity that might be like amazing for you. I ended up getting it, looked at my store manager and said, I'm moving to Portland in June. (laughs) You're going to kill me. (laughs) And, (laughs) And she looked at me and said, what? <laughs> she was like both like super confused, but also super excited for me. Yeah. So I moved to Portland in June of 2019. I've been here ever since. I did two years of the trainee program, essentially meaning that I did three, div- three different jobs within those two years. So I was rotating within jobs, basically right. just kind of learning all the technical skills, operational skills, and, and just really kind of getting a, a footing into corporate world yeah um eventually that led me to where i am right now on the hype team um i was gonna try and become someone in the digital sphere of adidas Mm -hmm. um it didn't work out i ended up falling in love with what we call the business unit side of um of our campus and i i really wanted to work in originals i had always wanted to work in originals but in my mind i always knew that was like a hard step to get on Mm -hmm. And an opportunity opened up. I applied for it. I honestly, I poured my heart into it. I really tried to get into this space. And I said, okay, like I got through all my interviews and I said, okay, like this is up to the, to the world, to the universe (laughs) to to allow me to, to be a part of this space or not at this point. Like I can't do anything else. I've put everything into it. And here I am, I work in hype, which is (laughs) honestly doesn't sound real. Where did you find the tenacity to to continue? Like you hated retail, 
so much. I, I know you said you just threw a dart in the wind and decided like, I'm just going to try this thing with Adidas. But like, I did retail throughout high school and then a little bit of college in a, a small sports store. And there was just no way I was doing that for that long. <laughs> there was no way after like that freshman year of college, I was like, all right, I'm done with this. There's like, I cannot work in this store during the holidays. I can't do that. Like, where did you find it in yourself to continue waking up and showing up to the, showing up to work with Adidas and everything like that? Like, while going through school, while knowing that, like, this isn't my end all here? <laughs> um, honestly, I think it was just, it was two things. I love people. And being able to work with customers was, like, honestly the best thing. I've heard some of the most amazing and crazy stories. <laughs> um, honestly, they gave me character. Yeah. <laughs> They're the reason I am who I am today, you know, alongside my parents and my sibling. But... Um, the other half of that is it really is, is that I wanted to amount to something that when my dad and my mom think about moving us to America, they said, okay, Nicole did it. Nicole made it like, yeah, she worked her ass off and I'm sorry for cursing. <laughs> she worked her ass off to become what she wanted to be. You know, my parents honestly probably never thought I'd leave the state of New York. I was yeah. in love with New York City. I wanted to be New York everything. And I said, I'm getting up. I'm leaving. I'm moving to Portland. I'm going to go work for a brand that I really love. And I don't think they were ready for that. But my dad, when we moved to Portland, he looked at me and he said, I'm so proud of you. Like, you did everything that you wanted and you made it happen. Like, mm. and I think that was like the biggest thing. My dad is not a man who says he is proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like so big of that to be like, he put everything, all of his feelings into these three words. And I said, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and honestly, like, it's only me and a sibling, uh, me and my big brother. And moving to America was not easy on him. And he's seven years older than me. So. Mm. Having him to be like my third parent, my right hand, mm -hmm. this was for him, honestly. Like, I made it through everything because he had to basically walk so I could run. Right. You know? So I was like, like, I have to make it. Like, I have people who are like looking at me, watching everything. They expect something of me. But for someone to expect something from me, I don't care. But the fact that my brother, my my parents expect something from me, I needed to make them proud of me. That yeah. we did this. We moved to America in 1998, and here we are in 2022, and we we made it. <laughs> wow, that is incredible. <laughs> oh gosh, so oh gosh, there's so many things I can ask from there. I think the biggest thing, like just from the hype side and your actual job every day what does uh obviously coming from more like your background have you had those pinch me moments like oh my gosh i'm in the presence <laughs> of this person or anything like that like or like any moments that when first getting on the campus or anything that you're like oh my gosh this has been crazy honestly the first day i walked onto campus i was just like like, I had already worked for Adidas. I had already worked in retail for two years. But the moment stepping onto campus as a as a corporate employee, mm -hmm. I took a moment and said, holy shit, like, I work for Adidas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Like, I was like, this isn't real. Like, 17-year-old me, honestly, not even 16-year-old me, before the DACA, before anything, before I knew I would amount to anything, Mm -hmm. she would probably be like, shut up. That's not true. (laughs) So, so like, that that moment itself was just, like, mind-blowing. But then when I got this current role and my title changed to assistant category manager of hype, like... I work under things like Yeezy and Y3 and Ivy Park. Like, very few people within our brand work with this product, you know? Like, it's a, it's a, it's a small amount of us. But the fact that I'm one of those people at that table is, like, mind-blowing. So when this, this episode releases, um, you kind of alluded to the fact that it's, it's going to be around a, a very special date in the in your background. So I want to talk about like, just how like being Dominican in a room that maybe not, may not have as many Dominicans, or maybe you might be the only Dominican. Like, why is that? Why is it so important for you to continue being who you are in those rooms? Honestly, it, it just ties back to, making an example (laughs) of for for someone it could be anyone but i know if we still lived in the dominican republic this is working in the sphere i work in would be so far-fetched um and i can only imagine what that would look like but i i don't have to which is like the benefit of it all like i don't have to imagine that story for me um and just being an example and being you know just the authority i guess in that in that space because i am a dominican immigrant i can speak towards that you know i'm 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 a spanish-speaking um dominican as well so like i'm fluent in spanish Mm -hmm. and just being myself and being able to bring that to the table is so important to me and so important for the generations to come because who knows uh sometime next year i could be seeing myself in three other people you know or even for like the interns who come into adidas during the summers they'll see me they'll see what i work in and they'll be like oh my god like (laughs) someone who looks like me sits in the sphere that i want to also sit in and that's super important you know like i want to see people who look like me every day and that's not the case for for my everyday you know time here in portland (laughs) so i can only imagine as the generations to come who work at adidas like being able to see yourself within something you want to be in is so important nicole your story is incredible and i know there's going to be people that listen today that really want to keep their their finger on your story and just tune into everything so where can people find out more or just like tune into your journey on an everyday basis honestly tuning into my journey i guess uh finding me on instagram um (laughs) i have a lot of fun taking pictures and and posting um but also on linkedin if it if it comes to my professional journey i try to be my authentic self on all my platforms so Mm -hmm. those would honestly be the two places to find me that's amazing so i got one more question for you yeah what makes you strange on purpose that's a tough one. Um, but honestly, 
being strange on purpose to me means authenticity, just being authentic mm. to myself, to the people who look like me, to the people who are in my position but haven't gotten to where I am. Um, I just want to be an inspiration to someone, to anyone, um, anywhere at this point. <laughs> yeah. um, and just kind of, yeah, just just being my authentic self and, and hoping that I can inspire generations to come. Thank you for listening to the Strange Up Purpose podcast. As always, if you enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes before, please like, review, follow the podcast on Instagram, drop a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you check us out. It helps the podcast grow immensely. So I appreciate you. I could not do this without you. 